It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 27th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about Team USA's win over Canada from yesterday as they play their final warm-up before the World Cup. And then we'll chat a little bit about Ken Burch and how he played for Canada and some of the evolution to his game that we are seeing as he tries to fight to keep his spot in the rotation. We'll get to all that here in just a moment, but before we do, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would find here from local experts who follow their team just as close as we do here on Locked On Magic. Team USA has a ton of Celtics. You can follow Locked On Celtics or Locked On Pacers or Locked On Jazz. I'm sure they'll have everything covered from their team's perspective when it comes to Team USA, plus great information about those local teams as well. Also, be sure to check out Locked On NBA for the national perspective and Locked On Fantasy Basketball for your fantasy basketball needs. With the NFL season just around the corner, the best place to get your NFL information is from Locked On NFL as well before the fantasy football drafts. Locked On Fantasy Football. I'm sure they're having some fantastic conversations right now. And new to the Locked On Podcast Network, the new podcast, How She Did It with Amanda Smith. Amanda has been hosting her own show on YouTube and interviewing the most recognized women in sports broadcasting. She's now converting that show into a podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Check out the debut episode this week with ESPN's Mina Kimes. Should be a fantastic episode. Very happy to have How She Did It and Amanda Smith in the Locked On family. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network, whether it's NBA, NFL, MLB, or colleges, your team is covered every day. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Saturday morning, in, in, in America at least, Saturday morning, Team USA suffered their first loss with NBA players in 13 years. It was a shocking defeat. One that saw Team USA, with the lead, lose it and then have to scramble in the last few minutes just to keep it a game. It was one that, frankly, Team USA deserved to lose. Perhaps a ringing of the omens and, 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 and the struggles that Team USA has had to this point. As I think we've talked about here, and, as, and if you follow Team USA, you kind of understand that this is a flawed team. Not the most talented team we've ever sent, but one that is capable of doing big things. And I would still argue that a lot of Team USA's problems are problems of chemistry, not things that they can solve. But obviously, time is running out. That game against Australia saw Team USA commit a lot of the errors and mistakes that they actually committed in their last loss to Greece in the 2006 World Championship. It was a lot of trust issues, a lot of like just not trust issues in a bad way, but just not knowing where they were all supposed to be or what they were supposed to do in certain situations. And yes, an opponent getting hot at the right moment. As I've said about Team USA in, in analyzing them before so far, their half-court offense just isn't clicking yet. It isn't consistent. They'll go through long spurts where they don't score. And that's when their defense has to be strong. So this team's spine has to be on defense. And in key moments against Australia, it wasn't. Andrew Bogut, Aaron Baines were able to collect rebounds. Pat, Patty Mills was able to get into the paint and pick and rolls. Joe Ingles was able to get into a shot without much, much trouble. This is the kind of loss that Team USA can face at the World Cup. And Australia is a good team. As I said before, they're the right team that the U.S. needed to play. Disciplined, knowing their approach, knowing each other, and really challenging Team USA to trust each other and work together, on defense especially. And in the first game, the USA passed that test. They had their struggles, but they passed that test. And in the second game, they did not. And so that is part of the lesson that they have to learn heading into their first game, their first game that really counts. Donovan Mitchell did say it right. Ultimately, the lost Australia doesn't matter. It doesn't count for anything. If you're going to lose, lose now. But it is a sign of how much work this team still has to do. And I have to say, after watching Monday's game against Canada, this team still has a lot of work to do. As you would expect with the Greg Popovich team, when you struggle on defense in one game and lose, you come out, you practice it hard, and you play great defense coming out. Coming out, 
And defense was the calling card for the U.S. against Canada. Without a lot of Canada's major weapons, you know, with the team they're sending, it's not Canada's best team either, Canada shot just 32%, including 6 for 23 from beyond the arc. The U.S. did a good job forcing turnovers, getting 19, uh, getting uh, 9 steals and forcing 13 turnovers. They did a good job just being very, very solid on that end. It wasn't blow you away defensive, but it, it was a good effort. And I, I think I'll say this. I think the effort defensively has been fine. I think, I think they know that defense has to be their, their spine. It's just fine-tuning things and fine-tuning schemes. But overall, even though the U.S. wins this game 84-68, to I think that Team USA should still feel a little uneasy. Those issues offensively are still an issue. USA shoots only 43% from the floor and just 2 for 14 from beyond the arc. USA commits 19 turnovers themselves, including 4 from Chris Middleton and 5 from Donovan Mitchell. Turnovers are going to be a huge issue for this team. And a lot of it's just offensive chemistry. In the half court, they're still learning each other and still learning their system. Against Spain, turnovers were an issue. It's probably why that game remains so close. And on top of it, in this game, Team USA struggled to shoot. From the very beginning, they struggled to shoot. But you give U.S. credit for this. Even though they were struggling to get their offense going and really didn't get it going until the second quarter, and really even into the third quarter is when they really blew the game open, this game was never under threat. The U.S. scored the first seven points of the game and never really looked back. And in fact, the, the 84-68 scoreline, that 16-point scoreline, Happened because Kyle Wilger got very hot toward the end of the game. And Canada made a lot of shots to close that game and earn the vic- and you know earn a more respectable scoreline. The U.S. led by as much as 24 points in this game. So don't, make, don't let me make it sound like the U.S. didn't dominate this game. They, they dominated this game, but there are still warning signs and concerns that if this team does not shoot well, against elite competition. And frankly, as much as I like Canada and the program they've built, this is not an elite Canada team. If this team does not shoot effectively, especially from outside the arc, against elite teams, then that defense comes under more question, pressure, and scrutiny. And again, that's still the focus for Team USA, I think, is building up that defense, especially without a it's very strong rim protector. I mean, Miles Turner does a good job, but we'll, we'll see how he handles, you know, the Marcus Souls, the Rudy Gobert's of the world, and whether Team USA can handle those players too. Team USA, of course, will be back in action Sunday to open the FIBA World Cup against the Czech Republic. Their group is not particularly difficult. Czech Republic, Turkey, and Japan. Turkey's probably the best team in that group, and, and Turkey's, of course, you know, Hito Turkoglu's no longer playing for them. He is the president, actually, I think, of, of Turkey Turkey basketball, so be excited to see him play, see or see his, his group play. But I don't think the U.S. should be concerned with any of the teams in the group. They should go 3-0 in that group. But then you get to the single elimination part of the tournament, and their margin for error goes away. And I still don't think it's a guarantee this team gets out of there. I'm not betting against the U.S., to, to, win, to win this thing. I think the U.S. will win this thing. But 
there are some good teams out there that can take him down. And it's going to be interesting to see how this tournament actually shakes out. I think it will be a very fun tournament if you, if you get the chance to watch it. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But let's turn our focus and attention now to Ken Birch. Ken Birch is the only NBA player left on Canada's roster, and we all know that you probably shouldn't run your offense through Ken Birch. That's just not his game. His game is based on defense, setting hard screens, running to, run, rolling to the rim, rim protection, all that good stuff. That's all the stuff the Magic invested in and loved. In fact, looking at Ken Birch's statistics, over the last, they've been fairly consistent. You know, four points per game, six rebounds per game, you know, you know, four or five rebounds per game, depending on minutes, about 12, 13 minutes per game. Both years, he's put up essentially the same numbers. But another number is equally as important. When Ken Birch has been on the court for the Orlando Magic over the last two years, in each of the last two years, the Magic have been at least, have been around five points per 100 possessions better defensively with Birch on the floor. Just think of that. A lot of that probably has to do with him playing against bench lineups, but it's undeniable that Birch is a strong defender. The numbers back that up. Yeah, the eye test backs that up. He's a good shot blocker. He's a good you know rebounder. He does. He's able to, to step step out on the perimeter and guard, and guard uh, pick and rolls. He might be the Magic's best pick and roll defender among, among the bigs. And that was the case. That's been the case for the last two years. He is a solid player and a guy that you want on your team, which is why the Magic re-signed him to a two-year deal. But it's also unclear at this point what role Ken Birch will play for the Orlando Magic. It's unclear at this point where Birch fits in to the Magic's rotation. Because he's not kind of a, a player that, that seems to have a lot of offensive growth potential, and he's playing alongside, at least for now, Mo Bamba. Player with six overall pick, a guy the Magic have invested a lot in. A player that the Magic have a lot of interest in seeing develop. And a player that, yes, has a lot more upside. Even watching him in Summer League, you could see what kind of a difference Bamba can make offensively with his jumper, which does look very much improved. 
And I think his post game's a little bit better than people give him credit for. It's just about strength, which I think he's built up this summer. And then defense, it's just about him learning positions and understanding and reading offenses better, which is something that can only come through experience and, and film study. Undoubtedly, part of the Magic's run to the playoffs last year, their 22-9 finish, came because Mo Bamba, a rookie who was struggling in a lot of areas, although I do think he was getting better, got hurt. And Ken Birch, a more reliable, consistent player, entered the rotation. That is undoubtedly, we cannot deny this, that is undoubtedly one of the reasons the Magic made their turnaround. And so, there does appear like there should be this balance between development and winning now that pits Bamba and Birch against each other for that backup center position. And it's hard to say at this point who will win or how that will shake out. But Bamba's growth undoubtedly will play a factor in that as well as the need to play Bamba a little bit, at least a little bit. It's tough for Ken Birch to stand out. Yes, his defense is a big part of what he does and and a big part of who he is and what makes him valuable to this team. But he's going to have to do more. And against the U.S. and in these exhibition games for Canada, Ken Birch has shown that ability a little bit. Ken Birch's final stat line against the U.S. has been pretty similar to other stat lines he's had for Canada so far in this in this World Cup prep. 13 points. Six rebounds. A steal. Did not have a block in this game, but certainly he's had a few of those. And seemingly alarmingly, 5 for 12 shooting. Birch did not shoot the ball well. He missed a few floaters and bunnies around the basket. But the way Birch is getting no shots for Canada is... Both the same. He had one nice cut that, that helped him seal off his man for a layup. And a little bit different. Take a play in the second quarter, for instance. Birch catches the ball at the top of the key, and rightfully, the U.S. is laying way off of him. And you just expect Birch to be looking for a guard to come up and take the ball and, and, and proceed into the next action. And so Birch is waiting and scanning the floor, and all of a sudden, he puts the ball on the floor. He drives left, crosses back over to his right, gets, I think it was Miles Turner on his back, does a little pump fake, gets Turner off the ground, a little bit of separation, and does a little push shot for two points. Now, doing a little dribble move once in an exhibition game, so what? Except, he did that at least two more times over the course of the rest of the game to varying effects. Didn't always finish. Sometimes turned the ball over. He had three turnovers in this game. It wasn't, it's not the most clean. It's very mechanical and it's very basic. But you take that and yeah, you take as well that Birch has taken three-pointers fairly regularly in this FIBA World Cup prep. He didn't take any against the U.S., but he's like 0 for 5 on three-pointers. And you start to wonder a little bit. 
What more can Ken Birch do offensively? And I think a big part of what he's showing with Team Canada or what he showed on, on Monday against the U.S. is that he is trying to expand his game. That he knows if he wants to keep his spot with the Magic, keep his spot in the league, keep his spot in this rotation, he has to do more. He has to prove some offensive skill. He has to stand out in a different way. I know Birch has worked very hard on his jumper. I've seen him after practices working with the Magic coaches on his jumper, and I imagine that is something that he would like to add to his game to to give himself, again, a little bit more value. Expanding his offensive repertoire as much as he can is vital to him staying in the rotation, to standing out against a guy like Mo Bamba. And of course, that's the right thing to do. Now, would I trust Birch to do any of these moves in an NBA game? Probably not. I would probably keep a lid on it for a little while. For a little while, it, it didn't seem like it was really game ready, and it's still to be seen whether Birch has the freedom to do stuff like that once the games start counting for Canada when they when they get to China. And Birch, you know. Canada's not expecting Birch to do that. They need him to score, though. They need him to be a presence in the paint, both on offense and defense, if they want to get out of the first round, if they want to get out of the group play. And that's all fair to say, I think. But... But Birch is trying and is showing that he has made some changes, that he has pushed his game in a new direction. And I think that is important. And I think that will be valuable for him and for the Magic moving forward. But will it be enough for him to really beat Bamba for the backup center role? That part's probably still up in the air. But we'll see how Birch plays during the tournament, during the games that count, and how he plays and what he does for his team to help them make it to the next round and win in this tournament. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, the Google Play app, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And don't forget, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.